There's a lot of talk about how legal weed in the state of California could change everything from the sales of beer, wine, and spirits, cookies and chips, to what restaurants serve on the menu. Today on One on One, a conversation with Jerry Nicholsberg, director of the UCLA Anderson Forecast, an economist on weed, coming up. This is Cornucopia. Well, this is Jerry. Hey, Jerry, this is uh, Matt Levine. Now is still a good time? Now is a good time. Perfect. So let's, let's take a look at the legalization of weed in comparison with the end of prohibition. A big impetus for the uh, end of prohibition was the tax revenues that would be raised through the renewed consumption and sale of beer, wine, and spirits. Can you talk about where you see that income potential for the state of California and some of the cities that may have local sales tax on these products? I think in order to really understand uh, the tax implications, uh, we need to look elsewhere where this has happened. Uh, Comparisons have been made to uh, taxes on the consumption of alcohol when prohibition ended, but um, the, the consumption patterns were quite different, and it was a different time in the United States as well. But in both cases, you had a, a substance that a large number of people were consuming, and it was illegal, and so it was not subject to sales tax or any other uh, excise taxes. And uh, with the legalization of marijuana, you can expect uh, you can expect increased tax revenues because of that. Now, they're not going to be huge compared to the budget of the state of California, but they will be something. Uh, so, uh, you know, if you just look at cigarette and liquor taxes uh, in, the, you know, in the state's uh, revenue, they're pretty small compared to personal income tax, other sales taxes, and uh, for local governments, also property taxes. So it'll be an increment. It will be a nice increment, but it's not going to be a real game changer. Interesting. Yeah, wasn't wasn't really aware of the relative small percentage in terms of the revenue gains. R- right. So, um, so you know, some people have looked at the value of cannabis that is currently being sold in California. Uh, and and that's sold within the state, and the, you know there's some estimates on that, uh, but but that's what's sold illegally. So if it is illegal, it's going to bring a higher price. That's the price that compensates the grower and distributor for the risk that they're taking of legal jeopardy, and uh, that goes away, and and so the price will go down, and uh, you know, and so the expectation should be that this will be you know, fairly small in the scheme of things. In terms of supply and demand, I know from personal purchase habits, you know, what you can buy for $100 has changed dramatically. Maybe the next place to look at is sales of other packaged goods, notably 
wine and beer and spirits in a negative and also snack food marketing around products towards stoners. Any comments? When I looked at what happened in Colorado, I thought that you would see a shift in in Colorado state tax revenues from liquor sales to marijuana sales, and, and you don't see that. So you see, um, and, and an interesting thing comes out of that data, and that is that you see a fairly strong growth over time of sales of marijuana, uh, but the anecdotal evidence suggests that that's marijuana tourism that's going on. Interesting. And and, and so uh, it can generate a new industry. And I know that there has been uh, formal and open discussion uh, in Mendocino and also in Sonoma about uh, marijuana tourism and, and having that as a uh, new industry that would crop up in the state of California. There's a lot of anecdotal discussion about restaurants where the overhead is huge and, you know, increasingly restaurants backed by a million plus dollars in investment money, some of them aren't even lasting six or 12 months. So is there anything that you've seen or are aware of in terms of creating fine dining around a cannabis theme menu or nightclubs or uh, current types of businesses? morphing to include weed? No, but, uh, you know, again, I think you can expect that to be relatively small. So there may be a lot of discussion about this amongst the the high, uh, upper scale restaurants in San Francisco. Uh, it's not going to make a huge difference. Restaurants have a short lifespan. Uh, and uh, it's not a surprise that that's, that's happening I'm, I have no data to suggest this is or is not true, but it wouldn't be at all surprising if if this made no difference whatsoever in that regard. Yeah, restaurants have a short lifespan and stoners have a long and extensive imagination. So uh, <laughs> we'll see where that goes. Another reminder, rate us on iTunes or wherever you listen. Sign up for our email list at cornucopia.show. And we need your stories, folks. We're launching a new segment in January called Grocery Hall. Inspired by my own true life nightmares as a wholesale grocery rep with a mediocre distributor. We want to hear from you, soccer moms, truck drivers, store managers, cashiers, sales reps, regional managers. Send us your nightmares to contact at cornucopia.show put grocery hell in the subject line and we'll get back to you whether or not we feel your story really was grocery hell or you just need to toughen up drink some more coffee and stop being so emo now back to our interview anything on the liability side of this among manufacturers and retailers that you have any uh, insights into no, I don't have any insights into that. Uh, I, I think it is worth pointing out, however, that uh, that even though marijuana uh, can be purchased legally within the state of California, it cannot be legally taken across the state line. And uh, purportedly, uh, that which comes out of the Emerald Triangle in northwestern California is of high quality, and there's a market 
external to California for that. So you would expect that that uh, distribution channel and those underground farmers who are engaged in that are still going to be because they'll still be the premium that they will earn that uh, is a compensation for the legal liability that they're uh, incurring. As far as uh, distribution and the uh, quality of processing, I I think it comes under the same kind of category as any uh, food or supplement or, or tobacco comes under within the state of California. Any estimates on the value of that crop and also whether or not as goes California, so goes the nation, you know, whether you're looking at emission standards? Well, you know, the entire West has gone to legalization of marijuana, but uh, the Attorney General of the United States is increasing prosecution of marijuana growing and distribution and and possession. So uh, I don't think it's going to lead to an acceleration at the moment. In terms of the size of the market, uh, if you uh, simply take you know the size of the legal market in Colorado based on retail sales and uh, adjust that for the fact that Colorado is a much smaller state than California, you get about a five billion dollar uh, uh, five billion dollar market. Uh, a five billion dollar industry in California is uh, what two tenths of one percent of California's GDP. California's GDP is $2.5 trillion, so so this is pretty small. From what I'm gathering, it's not going to be like tomorrow we're going to be buying Philip Morris pre-rolled joints. That's the the paranoia that I hear. You know, within five years, it's going to be all big players and corporate weed is going to take over all the small operators, both on the farm, manufacturing of value-added products and in retail? Well, let's take what happened with the end of Prohibition. When when Prohibition uh, finally ended, the players who were best positioned to move um, alcohol, in particular beer, uh, into a widespread community were the uh, big brewers who, who had been able to survive Prohibition by making apple juice and some other things. And so so you had uh, Budweiser and Miller and Pabst and others uh, really dominate the market until the, the new craft industry could finally get a foothold and, and start growing. And, and now we see the craft industry is, uh, is maybe not quite large compared to these uh, big distributors, but individuals who want to be entrepreneurs in, in – the making of beer and wine and spirits, an opportunity to do so, and individuals who want to avail themselves of those products to do so as well. I think you can expect a similar thing to happen as uh, marijuana becomes legal, not just in a few states, but nationwide, and moving it across borders uh, is no longer illegal. So I think that's something that would be in the future, but the way in which this is um, unveiling, which is not what happened in Prohibition, is that you have states making it legal. California is a pretty big market, and that gives uh, some room for larger corporations to move in, but many of the markets are much smaller 
Oregon and Washington and Alaska and and Colorado. And so we see a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of smaller businesses in this industry already. And forecasting that distribution challenge to developing a sophisticated market infrastructure kind of didn't even occur to me how that has some obvious limitations in terms of a Mm -hmm. more above-ground economy. Right, exactly. Conclude anything I might not have asked or brought up? Well, you know, we like to look at the impact on state revenues, uh, whether or not there's substitution. We talked about that. There doesn't look like there's real substitution in Colorado. Uh, The development of a new industry, the implied tax revenues for the state, I think that California is going to be somewhat comparable to Colorado, which in terms of a marijuana industry has been somewhat successful. It's only four-tenths of one percent of the California state budget. So that's going to be pretty small. And uh, the number of jobs, our estimate for the number of jobs is that it'll generate about 24,000 new jobs. Now, you have to be a little bit careful there. Those might have been underground jobs, and now they're above ground, but 24,000 measured jobs. And in context, that's in an 18 million job economy, so also pretty small. Got it. Uh, But uh, in Mendocino and Humboldt counties, could be a couple of percent of of employment in in the county. And if you add in the potential for tourism, you know, it could be important for certain parts of California that uh, have been economically depressed relative to the rest of California. Overall, for the state, certainly for the Bay Area where you're located, this won't move the needle at all. It's, uh, it's really fascinating to have you put it in perspective, particularly being in the little bubble of San Francisco and being uh, someone who enjoys smoking weed um, to kind of get us grounded in the big picture of things rather than our own smoky, haze-filled imagination. Right. You have a different perspective. <laughs> Um, awesome. Well, Jerry Nicholsberg, director of the UCLA Anderson Forecast, adjunct professor at UCLA Anderson School of Management, Anderson School of Management, without the R. Thank you for uh, taking the time, and we look forward to seeing what happens and circling back in 2018 on this and some other subjects. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Whenever you're feeling small, don't this care for this light at all. Light up and get real tall. Here comes the man with the job. Don't sit around moaning sigh and act like you're gonna die. Light up, baby, and get real high. Here comes the man.